What's up, guys? What's going on? I'm Paul. This is Pauline Theology, and we are on our daily Devo in Ephesians. We're on chapter 4, going through verse 8 through 10 today. So if you haven't checked it out, go ahead and read it, see what it has to say, come back, and we'll discuss it. I know you probably got questions, man. I know you probably got wonders about what this scripture is talking about, because he does go on to a little tangent, quoting scripture, and then explaining or expositing what the scripture means. So I'm going to go through, kind of try and clear it up a little bit so we can understand what's behind it and learn a little bit more, man. This is very fascinating, this stuff right here, man, to me, because it's uh, what what uh, I guess critics or scholars or, or seminarians or whatever you call it, they say it is the uh, New Testament use of the Old Testament. We've got a quotation from scripture, and so we're going to try and understand and ascertain its meaning, man. So go ahead and check that out if you uh, haven't read it. But if you have, man, let's, let's go ahead and see what it got to say, right? Let's go see what it got to say. First thing is, what is it actually even saying? So Paul says this. He, he quotes scripture. He says, for the one who uh, ascended on high, he took captive captives and he gave gifts to men. So that's the scripture Paul's quoting. The scripture that Paul's quoting is actually from Psalm 63, I believe. Uh, 68, I'm sorry. Psalm 68, verse 18 is that specific verse. But Paul, when he is quoting this verse, is actually not um, um, just this verse quoting. He, he's saying this as in reference to actually the whole psalm. Uh, we've got uh, we've got verses and, and, and chapters and stuff like that that um, um, help us to know where the psalms are at. But that is not how it was back in the day. They didn't say at the church, you know, at synagogue and the uh, pastor come up and he's like, go ahead and turn your scrolls to uh, Ephesians chapter four <laughs> verses. Actually, it would be more past. It would be more Old Testament. We would say, change your Bibles to Psalms chapter 68, verse 13. And I will tell you what this means. Now, that went how it went. It uh, was either open the scroll and, and then he would quote a part of what the scripture was. That's where how they would understand what they knew about the rest of the scripture, that this was this particular psalm that we were talking about because that was a line from the psalm. But in saying that, Paul did specifically mention this because this is what he wanted to exposit, but he had the whole psalm in his mind as he discussed this. And so the whole psalm, Psalm 68, and the people who were listening would probably understand this because they have uh, accepted or assimilated the Old Testament scriptures as their own as they begin to live lives um, that they have been called to, as Paul has asked them to. But in this psalm, it talks about the power of God to destroy his enemies, the power of God to crush his enemies up under his feet. That's what this psalm is about. That's what Psalm 68 is about. And so what is one of the major themes that we're reading through as we're going through this is that, man, they were having problems with these principalities, these princes of the air, these uh, uh, these uh, evil in these high places. And so what Paul, in quoting this psalm, first wants them to recognize in their mind is that their God, the God of all things, the one who created heaven and earth, the father of all peoples. He has defeated Satan. He has destroyed hell. 
He has undone the things that Satan and we have done to corrupt and ruin the world. He has done this. That's what, that's what the, the main psalm is about. And now he's going to explain what the particular verse that he's going over is talking about. He says, but what is it to ascend? If not that he descended to the lower parts of the earth. It says the one who descends, he himself is also the one who ascends above all heaven so that he might fill all. And so he's saying, like, what does it mean that, that, that he ascended? What, what's the point of that? It's like, well, the reason that he ascended was because he first descended. And so this is kind of a, a question that a lot of people have towards uh, the, the, the understanding of what he means when he means descend. There's two major ones. There's Well, there's three major ones. But uh, the third one, I, I'm, I'm not so on because of the fact that there's an order to this um, um, ascension and descension. It is the descending was first and then the ascending. Because it says, what does it mean that he ascended? Well, first he must have descended and then he ascended. And the other one talks about the Holy Spirit coming and descending, but that would have been after his ascent. But this one is about descending and then ascending. And so two things come to mind that a lot of people try and uh, say it is. First off, it is that they descended uh, uh, onto earth, that, that Christ came from heaven to give his life, that he would come from heaven, the seat of, of the throne of the highest of the high that he was at. It, it is talked about in Philippians where it says that, man, he didn't, he didn't count it as robbery to be not equal with God, to not be esteemed as equal to God, which means he came from his throne in heaven and came to earth. And so when it means to be descending to earth uh, is that he is living with us and dwelt in flesh. And that, that's powerful because what that entails is death. Because what is it for man but to die? Though he didn't have to. And that's why he had power over death and he ascended. And that's why it says next after that, that the one who descended, he himself is the one who ascends. So the one who came down and lived this life on earth to kind of, uh, uh, not kind of, but lived a life on earth that is just like ours, following all of the, the grief and the sadness, the pain, the suffering, the plight of a world that's corrupted by sin. He lived that life for us and then eventually died. And not just any death, a gruesome, horrible death, death on the cross. That's what he did. But his death wasn't it, man. Nope, 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 no, sir. His death brought forth a resurrection, a defeat of Satan, and life eternal for those who believe. And so it says that when he resurrected, when he ascended, when he sat down at the right hand of the Father, it says he was above everything, above all the heavens. And all the heavens is all of the um, um, all of those principalities, all of those uh, spirits, oh, evil that are, are living in this world trying to control us and, and do all that. It says he's above all of those things. He's above all of those things. And the reason he did that is so he can feel all things. So that means that he can be in the church and that the church can move towards growing the rest of uh, uh, the people to know him. 
that's one of the ways to think about it. And I, I particularly think that uh, um, that is how I, I understand this scripture to be. But the other way is that when he descended to the lower parts of the earth, they say, well, what's lower mean? Why does it say that? Well, it's because it's not just coming to earth, but it's that in his death, he went down into those nether regions, into to, uh, hell, into those places so that he might preach or not really preach, but really proclaim that victory has been won. And, and the reason people say this is because it kind of mirrors or parallels a scripture that's in Second uh, uh, Peter as well as in, I'm, I'm sorry, First Peter. No, it's in Second Peter. And where it's in Second Peter and also in Jude, uh, where it talks about him going down into the depths of the earth and uh, the chains and Noah and stuff like that about um, those who are, are angels that have suffered in those times. And so what he is saying is that he is going down there and preaching to these people that uh, victory has been won. The game is over with. It's done. Uh, what do you say? What they say? Kobe. Because <laughs> uh, Jesus conquered them, man. And that's what it means to take captive the captives. It's like the ones who were taking us captive. He captured them and destroyed them. And then the end result is the same, that the church or that Christ is risen from that death, seated at the right hand of the Father, and then has uh, uh, so that he might fill all things, so that he might reconcile all things, so that he might make all things good. Anyway, what does this particular passage say about God? Well, whether you uh, feel as the first is the right um, understanding or the second is the right understanding, it means that Jesus is above all things, regardless. He's above all things. And then not only that, but that his resurrection was the demonstration of his victory over these powers. Because either way, we know that because he did this thing, which is his life on earth, his death and his resurrection, that he is king over all things. And Satan has been defeated. He has been defeated. And what does it say about man is that in order for Christ to be able to give these gifts to man, he had to die. He had to come to the earth. He had to die and he had to resurrect and he had to be seated at the right hand of the father. And that's what he did. That's exactly what he did. So because of that, he was able to give these gifts to us. And so we receive the gift of our grace gifts is is, uh, what I call them or spiritual gifts. And so, um, again, if you don't know your spiritual gift, I know I said this last episode, but if you don't know your spiritual gift, man, it's good to know them because look what Christ has done. Look what God has done in Christ so that we might receive these gifts. And then know that these gifts he's given us is because he's in control. He has power over all things. So know your gift. How can we apply uh, uh, these truths to our lives? Well, know your gift. But secondly, man, take comfort in the reign of the king. Take comfort in the reign of the king. Satan has been defeated. Hell has been defeated. Death has been defeated. So let's trust in that. Trust in Jesus because that's what it's all about. I know sometimes it may not feel like uh, uh, we have won, but a, a good example is, is 
is in World War II when the concentration camps were being released, the war was won. But some of the camps, it took a little bit more time to liberate. The effects of the war hadn't caught up to them, though the, the war had been over, effectively done. Little skirmishes going around, but the war was done. The victory was complete. And that is the way it is now. The war is done, the victory is complete, and we're on the last leg. Thanks, you guys, for listening, and I will see you in the next episode.